Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone and welcome back to Sleep Cues. It is Q&A Tuesday and it's always so interesting to me how the questions that I get over Instagram and my DM box and in my inbox, in my emails, they kind of come in waves and waves of similar questions about similar ages. So last Q&A session that we had, I think we talked a lot about newborns. This Q&A session or this week, I got a lot of questions about toddlers. And so I'll talk a little bit about toddlers, especially sort of that 18 month mark where we're getting into what we refer to as the toddler sleep regression. Some sites refer to it as the 18 month sleep regression, but I do see it happen more often anywhere between about 16 months and two years of age. Certainly older children go through some various sleep issues as well, but especially when your child is really just hitting that toddler milestone. So 16 months up to two years of age, and they're really just getting into the idea of control and independence. That's where that regression can come from. So we'll talk a little bit about older kiddos today, but throw in some important stuff about newborns and younger infants too, because of course, all of our followers just really span all the ages from, you know, zero to six. So let's dive in. Let's start with that question about the 18 month sleep regression. And the question was just, how do I identify it and how do I deal with it? So again, the 18 month sleep regression, the toddler sleep regression is really about your child hitting a new stage where they are now looking for more control and looking for more independence. But at the same time, possibly experiencing some separation anxiety. And so it's just a lot of new stuff all at once for them and for you. A lot of new feelings, a lot of new emotions, a lot of new boundary testing going on based on their new recognition of things like cause and effect and action and response, i.e. my action is yelling at you and your response is coming and rocking me to sleep. Therefore, I think I will continue to yell at you so you can come and continue to rock me to sleep. That's what's happening at that age is that recognition of now that cause and effect, the action and response. And that's often where that toddler sleep regression comes from and just all the toddler boundary pushing that your child is learning to do. That's how we identify it. When we had a previously good sleeper or decent sleeper or great sleeper, and now all of a sudden we have entered those toddler months, we're around 16, 18, maybe 22, 24 months, and your child is really resisting bedtime or waking up at night when they didn't used to wake up at night. That's how we identify it is this is probably that toddler sleep regression. There's nothing else that I can see going on, like a big tooth popping through that might be bugging my child or anything like that. So I think this must be that dreaded 18 month or toddler sleep regression. So now how do we deal with it? You know that my answer to just about everything when it comes to children's sleep is consistency. And of course we're going to elaborate on that, but if I could just use one word to answer every question about children's sleep, the word is consistency. We need to be consistent because what your child's going through right now is a lot of change and just a lot of different thoughts and feelings and emotions about what's going on in their little minds that wasn't going on before. Now that they're growing and their cognitive development is 
being greatly enhanced. They are going through a lot and what they need from you is consistency because everything else in their little growing minds is changing so much. So consistency. And what I mean by that is all the things. So the same bedtime routine. Let's not switch it up and change what we do at bedtime to manage this regression. Let's do the opposite. Let's keep things totally consistent rather than changing everything up. So your child understands that even though a lot is changing for them, your routines are the same. This is a safe space. It looks the same as it always has. The routine looks the same as it always has. Nothing's really changing. We still have a bath every night. We still read two books together every night while we have a little cuddle in your chair. Everything that way is staying the same. The other part of the consistency is how you manage any protest that is coming along with this regression. If you have done any kind of sleep coaching at all in the past, you're going to want to use the same strategies that you used before now that your child is going through this regression. And this isn't just about the toddler sleep regression. This is anytime your child goes through some kind of sleep regression. However you have handled difficult sleep situations in the past, this is how you're now going to want to handle this sleep regression so that your child understands even though some things are changing for them, your response to them is the same. It's loving and it's caring and you're there for them, but you're not introducing sleep props to get through this regression. If your child is 18 months old and has been sleeping straight through the night for months and now they're going through a regression and waking up at night, we can be confident your child doesn't suddenly need a bottle in the middle of the night. And you want to avoid using that kind of quick crutch to get them back to sleep and just saying, oh no, I don't know what to do. Let's just feed him a bottle and see if that'll put him back to sleep. Well, it may put him back to sleep, but now you've also introduced a crutch that you didn't have before that your child didn't really need from a nutrition perspective, but now understands is what will happen in the middle of the night if he yells at you. So again, you want to avoid crutches like that and instead go in and offer your child reassurance, let them know you're there for them, but not introduce those sleep props to get through that regression. That's how you'll get through the regression a lot more quickly and not end up weeks or months down the road still using that new prop or crutch every single night. So really the key is going to be consistency. We do have a blog at thehappysleepcompany.com that talks about this regression. So check that out too, and it'll give you some more tips. The next question that I pulled out for today also has to do with toddlers, and it's the two-to-one nap transition. How to do the two-to-one nap transition. First, identify that your child is ready to go down to just one nap a day. So usually that's between 16 and 18 months for most children and you wanna watch for signs that they're ready. The best sign is that your child just doesn't seem tired anymore leading up to their current nap times. So if your 16, 17 month old usually naps around 9.30 in the morning, but now around 9.30 in the morning, they don't seem tired at all. They don't show any tired signs, they're not rubbing their eyes, they're not yawning, they're not pulling at their ears or whatever they normally do when they're tired, that's a good sign they might be ready. If you are putting them down at that time and they are taking 20 or 30 minutes of playing in their crib in order to get to sleep, or they're just not falling asleep at all for that nap, and that's happening consistently, that may be another sign that they're ready to transition to just one nap per day. When I say happening consistently, I mean I would give it a week or two of your child really showing some pretty strong signs that they no longer need two naps in the day before you transition to one. You don't want to do it too early and maybe it was just a three-day blip and then your child's going to get right back on track with their two naps. It's a lot easier to just wait it out and wait a week or two of consistent signs before you make the transition rather than making the transition really quickly as soon as you see any signs at all 
then realizing that was a mistake and your child wasn't really ready for it and trying to move back to a two nap schedule when you've already gone to one. So really try to exhaust your resources and wait it out a little bit before you make that transition to one nap per day. Another really you know, it sounds kind of funny, like a funny sign, but it is a really obvious one that your child is ready to drop to one nap a day is if they are around 16, 17, 18 months and they can go for a car ride around 10 o'clock in the morning and not fall asleep. Most children, if they're not yet ready for just one nap a day, will fall asleep in the car around 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the morning. They'll just pass out within minutes of being in the car. But if your child is that age and they can go for a car ride at 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning and not fall asleep, another good sign that they're ready to go to a midday nap. So when you're ready to make that transition, I don't recommend that you just go from a 9.30 nap to noon in one day. That's going to be a pretty big shock to your little one's system. So I would try to do it gradually over the course of a week or two where you push the morning nap a little bit later every few days until it gets to noon. And as you get closer to noon with that morning nap, you won't have time for the afternoon nap and you'll just start doing a slightly earlier bedtime instead. We do have an 11 to 18 month sleep guide at thehappysleepcompany.com that actually walks through step by step, day by day, a sort of one to two week transition from two naps to one and what times we would recommend each day based on where you're starting with your baby and what time their morning nap normally has been. So look at the details of that on the website and that might give you some more steps if you are heading towards that transition and wondering about some more specifics on it. Next thing is also a question that's probably affecting more families in the infancy stage but definitely as we're approaching toddlerhood and it's about standing in the crib. Tell me all the things about a baby standing in their crib. How do I deal with this is the question that I got. This is a big milestone when your little one starts standing up in their crib. And for some children, it doesn't really affect them at all. It's just like any other milestone that they've gone through and it doesn't affect their sleep and they just have fun with it during the day and then lay down in their crib and go to sleep. But for some children, it becomes a pretty fun game when they realize they can stand up in their crib and yell at you. So how do you deal with this if that happens? You really want to avoid it becoming a game. So my recommendation to families, if their child is standing up in the crib and can sit back down on their own, is to let them sit back down on their own. And I know that's really tough, but one of the most common things that I see when a baby starts to stand in the crib is that they will stand and protest and then their parent runs in and thinks, well, you need to lie down. You can't sleep standing up, so I'm going to lie you down, even though I know you know how to lie down by yourself. So you run in and you lie them down and then they stand back up again and you run back in and lie them down and then they stand back up again. And to you, you're thinking you need to lie down and go to sleep. So I'm going to do that for you to make it easier for your baby. They're thinking, Hmm, I could lie down on my own, but this is a really fun game where I stand up and you come in and we have this little interaction and you lie me back down and then you leave and I pop up again. So I'm going to keep doing this because this is a fun game. It has become a game. So we want to avoid the game. Definitely, we're not just going to leave your baby protesting and upset in their crib with no support. But when you go to offer that reassurance and support, if your baby's upset at nap time and they're standing in their crib, I wouldn't lie them down. I would go in and offer the support give them some reassurance, but let them stand until they are ready to lie down on their own because otherwise it does just kind of become that game. The other issue though, is if your baby is in that tricky little phase where they've learned to stand up, but they can't yet sit down on their own. My own little girl, Myla, when she was a baby, we went through like a month where she had figured out how to stand up in her crib, but she did not know how to sit down. 
without assistance. And I knew it wasn't just in the crib. I could see it in our house in the day. She would pull to stand and then she would just look around kind of bewildered and did not know how to sit or lie back down. So we'd have to help her. And that can be a tricky part because of course, if you know your baby doesn't yet know how to lie down, you are going to have to go in and lie them down in their crib. So if that's the situation, then when you go in to offer reassurance, I would just do a really quick little sit down. If you know they can get from sitting to lying on their own, at least just sit your child down and then, you know, kind of get out of sight and let them lie themselves down. Or if they need to be lied down, you could do that, but make the interaction pretty quick. So it's not a whole bunch of chatting or songs while you're in there. It's not enticing your child to do it again. It's just kind of boring and a quick little interaction to get them lied down and then you can get out of sight again. You will just do that quick and you'll need to do it if they can't lie down on their own yet, but we really want to do what we can to avoid making it stimulating or interesting and avoid making it a game. And then with that child, you're going to practice, practice, practice throughout the day. So in the living room, when they pull to stand at your ottoman, you're going to practice with them how to sit back down on their own, give them a little bit of assistance, try to help them out a little bit as much as they need it, but also try to give them the chance to do it on their own because the more they practice, the more quickly this milestone is going to pass and this tough phase is going to pass if your baby standing up in the crib is acting as a tough phase for your family. Couple more questions for today. One is about too much sleep. Not a question I get a lot. Most families who come to us are not getting a lot of sleep. This mom asked, is it possible for a baby to sleep too much? My three month old sleeps 17 hours in a 24 hour period. So around 15 hours or so is fairly average for the sleep needs of a three month old. Your child sounds like they're getting a couple hours more than this. I wouldn't stress too much. Your child is still very young, lots of development going on, lots of sleep needed. So it is, yes, in answer to the question, it is possible for a baby to sleep too much. And if you do ever have concerns about it, you should certainly check in with your family doctor or pediatrician. But 17 hours in a 24-hour period, I would say for a lot of three-month-olds might still be necessary. They are still kind of in that newborn stage where there's so much development going on, not totally out of the norm that a child this age might need that much sleep. the last question for today is about a four-month-old getting too big for the bassinet. Is it too early to transition to a crib? Absolutely not. Remember, not everybody even ever uses a bassinet. Some families only have a crib from day one and their child sleeps in a crib from day one. So don't assume that there's a particular age when your child needs to transition to a crib or can transition to a crib. Don't assume there's a particular age where your child has to sleep in a bassinet until that point. A crib is the safest place for your baby to sleep. A bassinet is also a safe place. Per Health Canada and AAP guidelines, a crib or a bassinet is the safest place for your baby to sleep, but it could be a crib from day one. So there's no age where it's too early to transition to the crib. This question also included, how do I do this? How do I transition to the crib? You just make the transition. You don't really have a choice if your child is physically too big for their bassinet. You gotta make that switch. Don't stress too much about it. It's usually not that much of a difference for most children, especially if you already have some decent sleep habits in place. As long as your child's been sleeping in their bassinet in a nice, dark, quiet room until this point, if you switch them to a crib, which is a similar kind of structure, 
in a nice dark quiet room as well, whether it's the same room or a different room than they used to be in, it feels really similar to your four month old. It's dark, it's quiet, the crib feels fairly similar to the bassinet, so it shouldn't be too tough of a transition for many babies. Certainly it is for some, but most get through it just fine. Try to keep other things similar, like I said, dark and quiet, but also their sleepwear. Make sure that if you used a sleep bag in the bassinet, you're still using a sleep bag in the crib because that's going to make them feel really familiar and cozy in that new sleep space and make it feel less new and like I said, more familiar. So those are the top five questions from last week. I hope that was helpful. We went from toddlers all the way back down to four-month-olds and three-month-olds, so covered a wide variety of ages again this week. Tune in next week because I think next week we're talking about daylight saving time. Pretty sure that's next week, and that's a big one for most families, so don't miss that one. Have a great week, everybody. Stay rested. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.